I have 10 chickens. And your daughter loves the chickens. Yeah, I know nothing about chickens, but she is enjoying it. They have salmonella. Well, we wash our hands. A lot. Yeah, and only if you don't cook the eggs or wash them before you cook them. Yeah, well, and you're going to have, you have 10 of these creatures. And so you're expecting five to six eggs a day or something like this. Well, we got a couple different breeds. One is Easter Eggers, and they, I guess, are very uh, productive. So So we might have a lot. An egg a day. Yeah. That'd be really productive. I think we're going to have a lot of eggs. Good. A lot of protein. Yes. We can spread the wealth of For at least $9 a dozen. (laughs) Farm fresh eggs. For $9 a dozen. (laughs) On the Hillinger Hill. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. We better get started. We should get started. Welcome to The Round Barn, a podcast devoted to all things livestock. I'm your host, Kaylee Hillinger, and joining me is Dr. Jim Lowe. Thanks for joining, Jim. Kaylee, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? Chicken. You're chickened. You're I... fully chickened. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking about how dumb my chickens are. I had to train them on the ramp yeah, this morning. They it's are like, chickens. It's like training sows on ESF. Yes. They're, they're not going to win the Nobel Prize. Somebody has to do it. It's a hard task. That's but... exactly right. Well, I want to talk. Go back we're not to, talking about chickens. We're today. not talking about chickens. No, I don't know anything about chickens other than the few that I have. And neither do I. But it doesn't keep us from doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about feral pigs because I don't actually know much about feral pigs. All They're I know bad. is about commercial pigs. Yeah, feral pigs are bad. Well, right. Okay. Yeah, but how about like a little deeper than that? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is where this is always the bottleneck to these things. <laughs> Depth. <laughs> I know this tiny little bit, but no. Um, there was a situation going on with like a feral pig in North Dakota attacking people, and then suddenly we started talking about feral pigs again. I think we learned that that wasn't a feral pig; it was a domestic pig that got loose yeah, yeah. and attacked a farmer. Well, that's actually what most of the feral pigs are. I already learned something new. So in Europe, we have European wild boars. And those are wild creatures that have never been domesticated. In the U.S., pigs weren't native to here. The Europeans brought them over. And so the pigs that we have are all European in origin, but they were domesticated pigs. And then, you know, we historically raised pigs out of doors, not in of doors. Mm -hmm. And so they escaped. Okay. And so the feral pigs used to be domestic pigs and now they're wild pigs. Oh. So that's the difference. So the pigs in the U.S. or in North America globally, mm-hmm. or not globally, nor in North America, are formerly domestic pigs that are no longer domestic pigs. And some of those are recent additions to the feral population. Some of those are not so recent additions to the feral population. Okay. So let's split those two apart. So the not or the most recent additions to the population are people have uh, let their pigs go. Yeah, people are raising pigs outside and they get out or what. I mean okay. that, that stuff. And so that hasn't happened as frequently, right? Because but that doesn't create like a huge population bubble. It's well, the yeah. one rogue pig in North Dakota that attacks a farmer yeah. and yeah, that's up probably that, right? But so what's interesting is so we thought historically in the U.S. there's a lot of feral pigs in the southern U.S. Wild mm-hmm. pigs in the southern U.S. And because it doesn't freeze down there. And, you know, when people had pigs in the south, they tend to have them outside. And, you know, we had them outside in the north. But the difference was it's cold here in the winter. Mm-hmm. So we didn't keep them outside all year long. We tend to bring them into a barn in the winter. And so in the south, they didn't have to do that. So there were pigs that, you know, just a higher rate of escapees in the south. 
And then the escapees have bred very successfully in the South because it's not cold. Okay. So we used to think of feral pigs as a south of the Mason-Dixon line, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma thing. Okay. Where it gets cold in the winter, but it's not like freezing. Yeah. Well, now, so we were like, oh, we don't have feral pigs in Illinois. Or at one point we said we've got two pockets of feral pigs. There were a few pigs down in southern Illinois and a few in western Illinois. And we thought, this isn't a big deal. But what we've seen is now everybody's worried about feral pigs in Canada. Yeah. And getting to Michigan. Yeah. And so that's interesting because Canada's north. If I remember geography, Canada's north. The nice people are north of the south. And the south people are nice too. So maybe it's us in the middle of the night. We are keeping the pigs away. Yeah. So maybe it's us not being nice is the problem. (laughs) So we've got this huge population of Canadian feral pigs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, again, domestic escapees, and you know, it doesn't matter when they escape, but they're running around the population. So everybody is is got their underwear in a knot because of ASF, which mm-hmm. we've chatted about in the past. And then if we get ASF in these feral pigs, it's not going to go away, and it's terrible. And oh boy, what's going to happen? Right. So I, you know, it's. Um, I think we're learning more. I think it's going to be. Like, A, they're not going to go away. They're really, really hard to root out. Yeah. Um, that was a metaphor intended or a pun or whatever those oh, things are. Root. Yeah. Uh-huh. Root, yeah. Mm-hmm. Press the button for the yeah, laugh. Yeah, wah, wah, wah. yeah, I do it all by myself. <laughs> um, but what was it? That was just Freudian. It just happened. I didn't even know. It's like, ah, root. Oh, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, okay. There you go. So um, it's kind of like my chickens. I'm winging it. Oh, <laughs> this podcast is creamed into the ditch and we will multi-species, leave. multi-species, <laughs> terrible puns. We're going to let it roll. But and as you look at this, right, as we think about it, feral pigs have been here a long time. Mm-hmm. They're around. They're apparently not just a southern thing. They're a northern thing as well. But they're not as much in the Midwest and we thought as temperature. But maybe it's not temperature. Right, maybe it's habitat. In Canada, temperature, they'd be pretty robust. It's nippy up there. Yeah. So are they in like forests or pastures? Because I know the ones in the South, I, I shouldn't say that I know about all feral pig pockets in the South, but I've heard about them from like my cattle friends about the chaos that pigs cause on feedlots and stuff. Yeah. Where so else they, do they like grow and thrive and reproduce? Well, they kind of like to live at the edge of timbers, I think, if I understand the habitat right. Okay. So they got they need some cover to stay away from predators. And naturally they kind of like, you know, in the edge, but they got to get out to eat. So oh, and then they, they go they, in for Yeah, so yeah. they kind of like to live at that edge. They don't want to live deep in the timber. Right. Because they don't there's not enough food in there, but they can live at the edge of the timber pretty successfully. So right, there's a lot more timber in the south than there is right. in the Midwest, and there's a lot of timber in Canada. And so I, you know, I've not gone back and looked. That's a really good question. But I, I think if we th- think about it, maybe it's a habitat issue as much as okay. it is a, a temperature issue. Okay. Although the, you know, us veterinarians sit around and go, well, it's just temperature. It must be cold here. That's why they don't, you know, and then, hey, they're in Canada. Multiple. Well, but, but it must be cold here. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. So what else do you want to know about feral pigs? So we're concerned about ASF. Yep. And foreign animal disease. Mm-hmm. They aren't nice animals. I mean, go stand in a pen of commercial pigs and it's not like they're trying to snuggle up with you. This one in North Dakota attacked someone, but that was probably 
somewhat because it was scared. You'd like to know the whole story, wouldn't you? I would love that. I would love to. There's always. I also feel like there's something going on there where like you can kill the pig if it comes and attacks you. So obviously it came to attack you, right? I don't know. If you wanted the pig to disappear. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't think there's a, I don't know. In Illinois, there's not a hunting season for them. I mean, like if you have wild pigs, you should try to kill them. The, the federal government actually works really hard. USDA has a whole mm-hmm. service trying to minimize the number of feral pigs. Right. But it's really, really hard. I mean, that's an interesting deal. I mean, they- Well, they, so hard that it's become like a sport for the wealthy, right? Yeah, there are people that hunt. So in the South, there's there's feral pig hunting, which okay. is grand fun, supposedly. It's somewhat challenging. I mean, they're kind of elusive. They're not real keen on being hunted. Mm-hmm. Um and so even when USDA tries to go in and trap, so they'll set big traps and try to, you know, trap whole mm-hmm. herds and not run them off, they are actually unsuccessful at eliminating pig populations. And wow. so the big reason USDA does it now is they get requests from landowners because of all the damage the pigs cause. Right. So that's, I think, probably your cattle friends are telling you, right, they're out, they're just tearing up pastures, they're tearing up. They get into an area and they just, they'll root up fields. They're, you know, looking for food. And so that right. nose goes in the ground and shovel, shovel, shovel. And the next thing you know, the whole 40 acre patch is just destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they cause a lot of damage beyond kind of the quote, quote, d- disease risk thing. We worry about ASF, but we know that pseudorabies, which we officially eradicated in like 2003, right. There's still pseudorabies present in the wild pig population. Uh, we know that it circulates in that population, and we know that population is continuously infected. We also know it doesn't cause much disease. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, right. It's an interesting conversation of saying how much risk is the wild pig population for commercial pigs? Oh. Because the wild pigs tend not to be in spots that we have commercial pigs. We don't put a lot of pigs in the timber. Right. We tend to put the pigs near the corn, which is in a field, not in the timber. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at Europe, particularly with ASF, we just haven't seen wild boars being the big issue of transmission. So it looks like ASF goes from humans to commercial pigs and humans to domestic pigs, mm-hmm. not humans, but humans are transmitting yeah. a domestic pig to domestic pig. And that the movement of ASF into wild boars in Europe has really been by humans mm-hmm. or sometimes from domestic pig into wild pigs because of scraps, meat scraps. Right. But there isn't a lot of evidence that those wild pigs are a primary source in the commercial. And our experience in the U.S. with pseudorabies would say that, right? I mean, yeah. we've had pseudorabies always in wild pigs and it really just hasn't been an issue of break of breakbacks or reinfection okay. of the commercial herd. So, you know, those populations are pretty segregated. Is it an issue? Sure. Do we need fences? Sure. We're going to change some things. But I think as we really look at wild pigs, the bigger thing is probably just the amount of environmental damage that they do, crop damage they do. Um, And in many of those areas, there's no alpha predator for them. That was, yeah. So if we decided to eliminate feral pigs, is that a feasible thing to do in the United States? It doesn't sound like it for the people that know. Like you, we've had, you know, we're doing some influenza work. And so wild pigs are a question about, are they a reservoir for influenza? Okay. And so um, USDA's Wildlife Service has been kind enough to work with us on their collaborators and a project to try to collect samples out of these pigs. Okay. 
Um, but those guys would tell you they struggle even trapping enough sometimes to get reasonable sampling for pseudorabies. Hmm. So it's, um, it's a, it's a, I don't think we're going to get up and go, oh, we're going to just make all the wild pigs go away. Tomorrow. Right. And so, right. There's been ideas. Could you bait them? Could you, could you put, um, birth control in basically to sterilize them? You know, those kinds of things. But even that, everybody's like, ah, we don't think we're going to make a lot of progress. Right. There has been some work around the idea of vaccinating them. So could you build a vaccine that you could administer orally? Okay. And there's like some of that done for a pseudorabies. Spray. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just leave it out and bait, right? Yeah. Feed them basically with a the vaccine. Um, there's been some attempts like at pseudorabies and other stuff, and that's done for some dog diseases for in coyotes, et cetera. But hmm. um I'm not sure it's dog. Now I say that. I right. think it's for distemper, but it's not in, I don't know, maybe we should drop all that. because so we like don't raccoons know if, or something that yeah, can distemper? Yeah, raccoons do have distemper. Okay. But the, um, so that, I mean, I think there's an idea you could vaccinate those things, but I don't think wild pigs are going away. And I don't think that wild pigs are maybe as big a risk as we make them out to be. Okay. Are they bigger risks in other countries than here? I'm not sure they are. Okay. Um... I think you had a lot of outside pigs and you were really raising pigs outside and you had commingling of, so if we were back to raising commercial pigs in small holdings in the South up against the timber, because mm -hmm. that's, we're going to raise pigs. Right. Historically, we would, they would have raised pigs in the timber. We did some of that in Illinois, right? You mm -hmm. basically rounded the pigs like we would have had wild cattle. They were kind of feral pigs They were fenced and they rounded up once a year and took the, took the biggest pigs off, right. kept everybody else and started over. Okay. Um, and so I think if that was our rearing system, uh, you'd really worry about that. Yep. But even when we talk about outside pigs today or some of these, you know, even the British style of production, um, which is all outdoors, you know, that pigs have to be mm -hmm. outside in the UK. Even there, that's pretty intensive and we do that where we have corn and so it's not you know, you kind of keep them away from it. So is that a concern? Yes. Is that a big part of the U.S. industry? No. So I'm not, you know. I mean, I know pigs are robust, but it's just like astonishing to me that they can survive that wild environment. Not. Oh, they're tough boogers. Just, no. yeah. And it's interesting. If you look at them, they revert to wild characteristics really quickly. They get their heads mm, get really long. Yeah. And, right. They're much better at rooting and I mean, all that stuff. They just, these feral pigs are become look feral very, very quickly. Right. Um, as they go back. But they're super adaptable. But I think if I was gonna tell you where I think wild pigs are coming up as an issue. Because I think sometimes we like to throw our hands up and say, ah, we can't do anything about this because we got wild pigs. Uh you know, I think that that our biggest fear of wild pigs is we use those as an excuse to not do what we ought to do in a whole lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And Reason I'm not saying a scapegoat. Yeah. Another species. Uh, another species. <laughs> so it's a scape pig. Um, but, and I'm not saying they're not a risk. I'm not, but let's not overblow. Right. They're there. Deal with it. Acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. But let's not let that be the enemy of, of progress. Right. Okay. You don't have any feral chickens, I don't think. No, they're going to stay in their chicken track. Well, and they're not very, they're not very tough. No, they're not. They no. are the term for scared chickens. I don't want to say it on the podcast. Oh, well. Yeah, that's true. They are terrified. 
at all times. But also my two-year-old comes running at them, yelling constantly. So that doesn't help. She loves the chickens. She loves the chickens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for chatting about feral pigs. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and tell your friends about the Round Barn podcast. We'd also love to connect with you. Please find us on LinkedIn by searching the Round Barn at Illinois to give us your feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear. In addition to this podcast, we offer a wide variety of both online and in-person learning opportunities for anyone interested in the areas of livestock production or veterinary science. You can learn more about those by visiting online.vetmed.illinois.edu. Thanks for listening.